a non-fungible token is to say, as you mentioned, Kevin, that this is a individually unique uh, collectible would be the best way to describe it. It is an investment. It's cryptocurrency enabled. Yet this is a new opportunity for our partners to continue to monetize their archives of their intellectual property, which is uh, their highlights and their, their video content. Baritone presents Adventures in AI, the podcast that dives into the many ways artificial intelligence is shaping the future for the better. I'm your host, Kevin Ells, and today we'll be talking with Mike Arthur, Senior Vice President of Baritone, about NFTs. It's all the buzz, somewhat confusing, and a highly disruptive technology. Welcome, Mike. Kevin, I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm excited to have you here today, Mike. So we're recently hearing and seeing a lot of exciting and sometimes confusing applications of a new tech called NFTs, or non-fungible tokens. They're making the headlines everywhere. They're capturing the attention of content owners and creators. And an artist by the name of Beeple had one of his artworks sell at Sotheby's just recently for $69 million, making him one of the world's richest living artists. Obviously, this is getting the attention of people, a tremendous amount of attention and buzz, and let alone a ton of cash for some folks. So, Mike, can you first help define what these NFTs are? Yeah, I'm happy to. And, and actually, let me, let me start by saying for the audience that you and I are, are not advisors in the financial industry. We, we are not making recommendations regarding uh, investment in NFTs. We're going to take this time to better explain them and more specifically where AI plays a role and certainly where our licensing team uh, can contribute to the value of these NFTs. So having put that out there, I think the best way to describe a non-fungible token is to say, as you mentioned, Kevin, that this is a individually unique uh, collectible would be the best way to describe it. It is an investment. It's cryptocurrency enabled. It is developed and built with blockchain. The advantage of blockchain in the financial industry is the fact that it has a long history that cannot be altered. And that's important in the NFT space because when you buy an NFT, uh, especially if you're going to hold it for either a very long time or you're looking to, to trade on some energy around the industry, you have to be able to see where this has come from, how much you know it, it was purchased for originally, the ability for uh, some folks who take a percentage of a transaction with each transaction needs to see that history, if you will, and blockchain enables that. So NFT or non-fungible token is an investment tool, but in and of itself, what makes them interesting is those little creative uh, assets that in many cases get built into the token itself. So as you mentioned, you know, a, uh, a piece of art, um, some of the originals were crypto kitties of various characters. And certainly the work that we do and that we are working on currently is including and embedding uh, sports highlights uh, from, in this case, one of our college conference partners and so uh, it can be anything um and we've seen a lot of interest from uh, the athletes of the world in fact uh just recently uh patrick mahomes released some uh gronkowski released some and we also had uh, just the other day jerry judy uh, ex-alabama and current denver bronco uh, just released some as of yesterday so our clients are not people creating funky art 
gifs or memes they're actually taking content that they already own and looking for ways to for the lack of better terms take more advantage of it Exactly. I think this is a new opportunity for our partners to continue to monetize their archives of their intellectual property, which is uh, their highlights and their their video content. So the market's going gangbusters. Um, Obviously, when you sell a piece of art for $69 million, that's kind of gangbusters. And we've seen people like Topshot, who's been selling NFTs, sell for Mm $200,000. But that was back in May, and we're recording this in June, so we get a sense of the the changes in time. In May, there was a lot of uptick. We've seen it drop from May to June 90%. Yep. What the heck happened? Well, a couple things. If if we go back to the heat of the market, as you mentioned, say in May and, and, and even previous to that, there are a couple things that are tied to NFTs. One, as I mentioned, they're backed by a cryptocurrency. And for a lot of folks that pay attention uh, to the space, they are aware that the market went through a superheated period where uh, you had, in some cases, thousand percent increases in the value of cryptocurrency. So uh, there were two things that drove the NFT value. The first one being just the cryptocurrency run up uh, contributed to the overall energy in the space. But the second one, and this is pretty important, especially for the what I call early stage of NFT, mm-hmm. you had a lot of folks that are from what I'll call the crypto circle, uh, the crypto community, who uh, are very comfortable in the space. They navigate the space easily. They, in fact, are transacting in cryptocurrency for various uh, goods and services. So when you have the market run up, they're essentially playing with with some funny money. Uh, It does drive the value up. And then, of course, um, their ability to then pull the trigger uh, from a crypto perspective is very comfortable for that community. Since that time, uh, you, you have seen two things. You've seen the F- NFT collectible numbers fall, as you mentioned, about a 90% drop in the market, but you've also seen crypto cool off as well. That doesn't mean that the NFT itself is is no longer of interest or it was a flash in the pan. Uh, in fact, if anything, it means that this market is now more accessible to the broader market that may not be as comfortable in crypto. Yeah, yeah. What we saw was a real a shoot up over a couple of months and then it kind of came back to where it was before that massive peak. So it's kind of reset back to the level it should be at before it kind of got wild for as crypto does. It has a wild week or a wild month or even a wild day. Yep. Uh, But I think it's here for the long run. Agreed. Knowing that, what is the challenge in licensing these NFTs? It seems tricky to track who owns a digital element, like a picture or a video snippet or a song, when you don't have it in your hands. I mean, yes, you know, stock, we don't have stock in our hands. What's going to stop somebody making uh, forgeries of the crypto that you think you own? So uh, a couple things, and, and some of this is what our AI capability of Veritone can enable, and some of it is on on the, uh, the NFT providers themselves. But uh, let, let's start with the basics. Um, ripping content from an NFT is a very inefficient way to uh, hack content, if you will. It is uh, uh, typically your uh, quality of the asset itself, just the video, is is in digital. Uh, so the use of it is not too terribly significant. And in fact, uh, there are a lot of other places that you can acquire that video content. I think one of the things that that uh, you might have heard as, as Top Shots ran up was 
you know, the example of LeBron James that you mentioned and, and $200,000, the irony to that is people started to wrap their head around the industry was, I, I can get this video in about 19 different places for free. I don't have to spend $200,000. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a natural, not a barrier per se, but, but there are easier ways to, to gain access to certain content, number one. Number two, um, you know, as we move forward in the licensing space at Baritone, we're not only taking artificial intelligence and using them, uh, using search engines, I should say, for things as simple as, as transcription, running that through the content so we can discover content quicker and, and easier. But there's also the opportunity uh, that we're starting to look into for digital fingerprinting and and uh, the securities that come with that. So the, the ownership of the IP uh, is protected. Now, I'll, I'll wind back just a little bit, Kevin, and say video, for example, there are clear definitions and and clear guidance as it relates to ownership of ip the broadcast industry especially the sports industry has uh really refined not only the definitions but but how to define and uh, essentially under or uncover the uh, ownership so think for example of uh, a broadcast of a pac-12 conference football game on fox the pac-12 owns that content fox has rights as well in fact they have the rights to the color crew so the play-by-play and the color are fox employees typically and so fox retains the audio of the video and the conference retains the video seriously oh yeah it gets very refined oh boy so it's not difficult for us to uh help potential clients of ours or current customers of ours and library partners to navigate these areas and then once they're converted into you know nft format once uh, all clearances have been uh, made or engaged and we have uh, effectively green lights then the technology itself is fairly self-protecting there are certain uh security elements that are built into each N- nft to uh prohibit replication to the best of the ability so the the ability to create an F- nft is not hard it's the challenge is really the licensing procedure and how you develop the contracts. And obviously, we're experts at this. This is what you do every day, Mike, right? Yeah, exactly. We've got a very experienced subject matter expert team at Veritone Licensing, and they help our library partners and, and clients navigate those waters. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not too dissimilar. In fact, it is licensing. We are licensing content for just a yet another unique use. But the clearances are very similar to the processes we go through for television commercials or uh, film documentaries, uh, episodic television, etc. People are doing it like nobody's business already. What kind of things do people have to look for when they're considering doing these types of trades? Yeah, it's a great question. First of all, when you look at the amount of uh, NFTs that have come out that are from either individual artists, whether they be musical or a true artist, canvas, if you will, or digital, <clears throat> pardon me, and then certainly some of the athletes, what, what we've seen is a lot of uh, individual works of art or individual pieces. And we are taking with our content a, a slightly different approach to the business because it is more difficult to navigate. You have more folks, if you will, that are in the process. 
So what we do is uh, we look to define who owns the initial IP or intellectual property of, of the asset. In this case, let's say it's video. Uh, we make sure we can clear the audio. That's typically in the same conversation. And then uh, we start to identify the athletes, if it's a sports clip, that are uh, in the shot and who are uh, highlighted, if you will, or very present in the shot and those that are background. And, and we, we look to use our best effort to clear uh, the athletes uh, as well as possible. There, there's always the stories of a college women's basketball game and, you know, tracking down a young lady who graduated five or six years ago and she's now playing in Russia <laughs> and uh, she doesn't have a cell phone. So our ability to, you know, send email that gets returned once a week, those, those kind of stories are real and, and we do what we, we have to to get it cleared. Have you heard of any cases where people are already fighting against somebody who sold an NFT and they didn't have the rights to do it? I've not heard of that yet. Uh, I suspect we will get that. There's there's just enough activity in this space uh, already that um, likely there'll be a claim. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. And, and by the way, we don't know if it'll be a legitimate claim. There, there are folks who want to get compensated in this space and, and feel that they have a uh, a claim or a right to some uh, some monetary return, it's it's going to be a, a judgment call, and it's it is currently a legal gray area. Interesting. So, how do you do it today, and what new methods do you see being developed to make it better in the future? That's a great question. The um, the, the current method or process is uh, totally dependent upon the NFT provider and, and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, if I go back to two of our strong areas, it's it's sports and their video highlights and then news. Um, so in theory, um, if one of our news providers was interested in, in the business, um, you know, the approach there would be uh, very similar to what we do for a, a clip that might end up in a, in a film. Um, you know, our, our news partner would look at uh, the content or the clip that's that's desired by the NFT provider. Uh, they would ensure that there was no third-party content. They would, if there was a reporter <clears throat> that was in the mix, either on camera or behind the scenes in audio, they would ensure that we could clear both of those or that they could clear both of those. Once we have all those green lights, uh, we go about where necessary uh, compensating or receiving clearance from uh, the news provider and, and any uh, talking head, if you will, that was involved. And then um, we would uh, take that content and we would render it uh, for the NFT provider who would then embed it in the token. Now, the one quick thing I'll tell you is, is that a lot of NFT providers kind of have a feel for what they'd like, Kevin, but but they still have to find this content, even if they know that they've got to come to us. Yep. So when we look at AI, um, you know, we have obviously uh, transcriptions, a key one for us, facial recognition is another important one, yep. text recognition, object recognition. But for the most part, if somebody wants to find a historical moment from one of our major news partners and we have transcription embedded or ingested in the content, you know, simply typing in a phrase, um, you know, let's think of, uh, you know, the Berlin Wall has come down or something to that effect that will pull up instantly all of the content relevant to that and, and likely you, you'll get a good highlight. 
Hmm. So you could say, look for the words, bring down this wall, and we're going to find the video excerpts of Reagan standing there. Exactly. Screaming across the wall over to, uh, I forget which, was it Khrushchev it at that time? It was Mr. Gorbachev. Gorbachev, something yes. with a chef, yes. That's right, um, yeah. <laughs> well, he was listening, and he brought that wall down, so that yes, was a, a happy ending there. I imagine when you talk about the, the amount of work that's needed to put into the research here, that the vendors are going to have to consider what they're going to be able to make money on. They yeah. may have, you know, we have one of our sports vendors has 20 terabytes of, of content. They're not going to want to license all that out. No. Um, they're going to have to choose what they think they're going to hang their hat on to make some money on because they're in, they're in it for the money. That's right. So to the point that you're going to want to look through your material and go, what's going to sell? I mean, not every basketball shot in a game is going to be an NFT or yeah. they're not going to be very valuable. So that that's an interesting point that before you do this, you got to think about it yourself like, What's going to work? What's going to sell? And where do I want to invest this time? Because it does sound like it will take some time. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's, it, you, there are, uh, on, the, on the part of the NFT provider, they themselves have to do the research. Um, the, the volume of NFTs that, that is uh, being created and that these providers have expressed an interest in uh, creating to us directly with our clients' content or our partners' content is significant. And it is uh, something that we, uh, by utilizing a digital media hub, which is a part of our uh, media platform offerings, uh, we are able to take, you know, our, our let's say our sports partners content and uh, move it over there for review. But we are going to need our, our NFT folks to spend time looking for identifying what they want, as opposed to saying, hey, could you find me a really cool touchdown from a you know, a football game, that's that's not going to be terribly efficient and effective uh, for us or for them. So the ability to head to a singular source like a, say, a college football digital media hub and uh, type in touchdown or whatever, and then have, because of transcription, all of those touchdowns, you know, materialize on the screen and then and then uh, our, our, our NFT provider partners research group would then go through and identify what they want and how long that yeah. that clip is etc and the touchdown and who threw the ball and who caught the ball exactly and that's all available in the digital media hub because of the metadata that's associated with it that's correct say you know find the touchdown with this team with this guy and we could find it yep interesting so how does this change people's jobs i mean they're in the licensing part that changes obviously there weren't people ever selling this on this platform before what do you see as new jobs coming up and new roles coming up in the future uh well you know the thing about ai um and you know this is a bit of a mantra for veritone you know uh we look to move people from in the loop to on the loop to out of the loop and i would say in this process um the jobs that are going to be created we want to move people uh, from being in the loop, which is a very manual process, in other words, finding you know this content, to uh, being on the loop, which would still involve the human process, but now they're making judgment calls on what is a uh, what they feel is a high value potential NFT based on the highlight. Yeah. So let uh, you know, let our Veritone AI and AIware uh, identifiers serve up based on what they're looking for you know, the type of highlights or clips and uh, go from there. So the first place that I think you'll see additional 
uh, jobs being created from the NFT industry is in that very space. Uh, folks that can make judgment calls on what is a high quality NFT. Mm -hmm. And there may be a day coming from there where those jobs uh, kind of transcend into a more strategic role as automated AI finds a, a touchdown, clips the touchdown, and serves it up for the NFT for embedding. And at that point, uh, you now have folks that are essentially making judgments on kind of the strategic value of, let's say, the human interest, a collectible pack. Exactly. Yeah. Is it is this great? It's a football. It's a touchdown. But you know, what? it's not very interesting. I don't think I'd want it. Exactly. Versus a human is going to go, this is awesome. Yes. Who wouldn't want to have that? Exactly. And then say, I, I literally own that now. Well, I got a piece of it because you don't even have to own the whole thing. That's right. You can get a share in something, uh, almost like getting an addition of a painting. You one of twenty. I have a few prints in my house where I, you know, they're good prints, but but they're one of five, one of twenty. They're still valuable. They're not the original, but they're still valuable. That's right. But they're more valuable because they're limited. That's exactly right. So you know, if you had one of a billion, you know, I can't imagine it'd be worth that much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Excellent. We talked about our digital media hub. Is there any other tools that under our suite that would be used to to do this kind of searching and discovery and tagging and retrieving? At this particular point, the the most valuable tools that we've got in the, in the Veritone arsenal are the digital media hub, uh, as well as obviously AIware. Those are the two most significant players, um, you know, in the in the arsenal, if you will. the The other thing that we we will likely look at in the future. Uh, depending on uh, you know volume and and uh, it, the the number of as you put it one of you know twenty or twenty five collectibles um, there are certain highlights that uh, could involve a lot of uh, folks in the background so utilizing Redact or some other uh, type of of software to um, you know address folks in the background so that that we aren't looking to clear you know, uh, somebody in the background that's clearly visible that, that, you know, really doesn't bring anything to the highlight itself, but is nonetheless there. Uh, so there, there are some other things that we would look to include in the future. I imagine there's, you talk about the rights, there may be companies' logos that we don't want to be shown. I, you know, you often see on TV shows or documentaries or whatever, right. that they're, bl they're blurring out logos because either they didn't want to go chase down the licensing on it or they didn't want to promote that brand. Yep in that uh, free advertising in the sense. That's right. Got it. Uh, do we have any customers uh, approaching us for this right now? We do. We are uh, down the road on a discussion uh, with an NFT provider who is specifically looking at the collegiate space. Um, so this would involve our collegiate partners. Uh, and you know we're, we're not quite there yet, but we are uh, having what I'd call very healthy conversations about what we are able to do for them and and what they in turn are looking to utilize the content for so we're we're in a good place and and i expect we'll be able to announce something here soon now for those people who are interested in our assistance i'm, I'm not going to say something i would have said of other companies that no deal is too small <laughs> there are deals that are too small i mean we, we really are going to be looking for clients that have i would think sizable amounts of content that they want to to manage or very high value elements that need a lot of licensing is that a correct assessment of the profile of people who should be talking to us versus everybody who's going to come to us and wonder why we're not getting back to them immediately 
Yes, you know, I, we try to do our best at getting back to everybody immediately, but we do coach some folks. Um, we tend to be a um, high-touch, high-value offering uh, where, you know, some of our more significant partners are, are very large media companies or very large uh, sports properties, et cetera. Uh, and and the, the knowledge uh, regarding both their uh, rights and clearances and the partners and, and navigating those spaces is, is a, you know, a specialized set of skills that we are uniquely qualified uh, to address given, I think, the amount of time that the team has sat in the seat, if you will. Uh, while at the same time, there's some terrific content that's being generated from all walks of life, we may, uh, in some cases, advise that those folks look at some self-serve platforms or representation from, you know, uh, a different specialist because we probably won't do them the best justice. But, you know, if it is a... But we can point them in the right direction. Exactly. We do that. And then if it is somebody that uh, does fit, you know, kind of our criteria where where we're going to best serve them, we absolutely will have those conversations. doesn't hurt to ask us. I imagine I forget the gentleman's name who just the guy who owns Twitter and he sold his first tweet for 2.5 million. Yes. Well, he, I don't think anybody's really interested in the second tweet. Well, maybe they were. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, yeah, I didn't it, see it. That kind of goes downhill that. from a while. So he probably he could have reached us to help manage the licensing of that one because it was probably you know, two and a half million is definitely needs some some licensing. But, yeah, there wasn't going to be a matter of high volume in that case. Well, and you can appreciate in, in that particular case, that'd be a fairly easy one to clear because, <laughs> you know, he started Twitter and it's his handle. So I don't have to worry about going too far. Let me run it by me if I, <laughs> yeah. it's okay that you share my thing. Totally. Exactly. Where can we see some of these tools we talked about in action? I, I know, on, obviously, on our website, we have uh, pages for applications and we have industry information. We have case studies. We haven't got too many case studies yet, of course, on NFTs. Uh, where would you suggest people start looking and um, how can they reach you? You know, the, the, the website is a terrific uh, resource. There are opportunities to learn more about our capabilities there. Uh, also, the uh, ability to contact us uh, to fill out some information about what you're looking for so that when we do contact you, we're not wasting your time. Um, and we, we can get right to the heart of it. That's probably the best way uh, for anybody to reach us. And there's there's several people on my team who are very responsive and timely. And, you know, we will get back to folks uh, absolutely as soon as possible. Because, and as I know, because I helped design our website, we have a lot of different areas where you could be requesting information. And I want to send them down the right path. So we have an area of our site for content licensing and monetization that's a good place to go ahead and make a request for contacts that will route it right to you um, if you also look at our area of our applications we have the digital media hub there um, that's an area to take a look at what we're talking about as far as products that will be used to do the discovery and management of your assets that's right i think that kind of covers us it's a good good high level obviously this industry is just getting started we'll come back um I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about this in a whole different way three months from now. New discoveries, how crypto's changed. Maybe it just goes gangbusters and now everybody's licensing their baby pictures. Who knows? Um, <laughs> let's, let's hope not. Um, right? Yeah, right. So do you have any other remarks you'd like to share before we, we close off here? And I'd love to have you back like 
just cover that right away. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's really what is going to be the interest in, in this story is uh, the before and not necessarily the after, but the during. Um, we, we we are on the very front of this. Uh, there's going to be trials, tribulations, and successes and failures along the way. And I think that, you know, to your point, um, 90 days from now, six months from now, a year from now, uh, we may be in a fairly mature space. Uh, we also will have both as our team, um, a lot of learnings, but the industry, I suspect, will have a lot of learnings as well. And, uh, you know, it'll be fun to come back and kind of see where we've been. Slightly suspicious because we're, we're having a video conversation as we're doing this. So I can I can see Mike's office here and there's, there's memorabilia everywhere in his office. So I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I wouldn't be surprised if you're dabbling a little in this yourself. <laughs> we're not going to endorse it. So we're just saying I wouldn't be surprised. I will say that I'll, I'll be interested to see what comes of it. I'll leave it at that. Very good. All right, Mike, this has been a pleasure. I'm uh, looking forward to catching up again in a few months about seeing what's changed, what's new, more predictions for the future. So thanks for joining me today. This is Kevin signing off. Mike? Kevin, thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Excellent. I'd like to thank our audience today for listening in to Adventures in AI, the Veritone podcast. Join us again next time when we discuss more ways AI is changing the world and shaping the future for the better. Have a great day.